Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. What's up? This is Michael Rappaport. You are now listening to a brand new I Am Rappaport stereo podcast. On today's podcast, the Arianators, Ariana Grande's fans are coming for me. A GoFundMe has been set up to build the wall that Donald Trump dreams of, and they have raised $5 million in 48 hours. Plus, Travis Scott has a blonde ponytail and has agreed to play halftime of the Super Bowl, all that and more, on a smash mouth, I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, Miles Jordan. Let me get something real funky, something real proper. Thank you. Next. Bowl season is here. It's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Do not be that guy with no rooting interest as your relatives, your friends sit around watching the game and making money. Not this year when there are a record 41 college bowl games to bet on, including the national championship on January 7th. It is really the most wonderful time of the year when it comes to sports and when it comes to sports betting. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up today at MyBookie. They pay fast when you win. The ownership there really cares about fantastic customer service and they have the best, the craziest, the easiest prop bets 
Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to win money during the bowl season, you got to go to my bookie. I trust them. I use them. But you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. Join now. Join today. And my bookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a real nice and real proper bankroll for bowl season. They've also got NBA and NFL bet lines and props. Use the promo code RAPPORT, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T. When you deposit to activate the offer, that's RAPPORT at MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Go to MyBookie.ag now. Do not forget to use the promo code RAPPORT. The great Ric Flair. Woo! This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, the Disruptive Behavior Network. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Man Dingo, a.k.a. the White Chocolate Tito, a.k.a. the Jake LaMotta of podcasting. If you never listened to the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast before, welcome. Welcome to reality. We are here. We do not fact check. We do not stat check. And we do not date check. So, if you do not have the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast and you are not a premium subscriber, you missed out on a... I I have to say... Uh, they're getting better and better. The premium I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast uh, that we dropped on Wednesday, December 18th, in primetime. Primetime premium podcast, and we call that PPP. Um, we discussed a whole bunch of things. Little did I know on that day when I sent out a tweet about Ariana Grande. Little did I know that I would be under attack you know i talk my shit and i don't even think twice i don't even think twice this is the i am rapport stereo podcast we are here to disrupt the whole fucking thing was set up to disrupt okay sent out a tweet on wednesday fucking thing has been non-stop since then this morning Yours truly, me, the gringo man, Dingo, was trending number one on Yahoo. And let me tell you something from the bottom of my fucking heart. When I send out these tweets, when I do these cat videos, there's no no second thought. There's no conscious effort. There's no uh, premeditated plan. I do the cat video. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen? Do the tiki torch tough guy rant. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen? So many different tweets about this and that and the other. And sometimes, some of these tweets, some of these videos, I don't know what it is. Sometimes, I wish I knew. If I fucking knew, I'd be a gazillionaire. But, sent out a tweet saying, and a picture of Ariana Grande. It wasn't even my own joke. I wish I could take credit for the fucking joke. It wasn't even my own joke fucking joke 
longtime fan of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, he came up with the genius. He came up with the brilliance. I simply said, Ariana Grande is 27, acts like she's 12. You take off those boots, she hides her legs in, the cat eye makeup and the genie ponytail, and I think there is hotter women working the counter of Starbucks. No disrespect to ladies of Starbucks. And I showed a picture of Ariana Grande. Listen, I don't fact check. I don't know when this, this woman posts this picture. I sent a picture of Ariana Grande looking fantastic, makeupless. And golly, jeez. Motherfuckers are just nonstop. They coming at me saying, I, I, I can't even retrack and rehash all the shit. I'm a sexist. I'm shameful, I'm belittling, I'm this and that and all sorts of things. I'm this, that, and the third. From all over the world. The Arianators, I think that's what they're called. Her fans are called the Arianators. First of all, how can I pay the little monsters or the pink Barbies to get into beef with the Arianators and distract them from me. You're filling up my DMs, you little fucking twerps, you little shits. Get out of my DMs, you little fucks. Lady Gaga has the little monsters and Nicki Minaj has the barbs, or the, the pink Barbies. I want to hire a couple of little monsters and pink Barbies to go after the Arianators. They're all a bunch of fucking kooks, nutjobs, sicko fans. Get a fucking life, freaks. I could give two shits about Ariana Grande. The only song of hers that I know is this Thank You Next song, which is currently number one or something or other, that was written two weeks after she broke up with poor Pete Davidson. After she broke up with poor Pete Davidson, she hired 17 writers. I believe there's 17 writers on that song. And she put out this song, Thank You Next talking about all the different guys she's been with, and this she learned this one from that one, and this one from this one. And two weeks after she broke up with poor Pete Davidson, did you not know that this guy was sensitive? Was this all a plan from the beginning? This guy fucking spent all his money, all the money he had to buy you a ring, those good rings and things. You kick him to the curb, you fuck him to the curb, and then two weeks later, you write a song. Number one song that, trust me, when Pete Davidson is in a cab, a fucking Uber, when he's in an elevator, he has to hear you singing your fucking song. Where is your heart? Where is your compassion, lady? But I had the Yahoos, the E! Online, the fucking BuzzFeeds, all of them upset saying, well, you're shaming a woman. She, you know, women are beautiful with makeup or not makeup. As far as I'm concerned, when I look at the statement... This should be a, a woman's empowerment tweet. I should be celebrated by the women's empowerment movement. Basically, what I'm saying is, Ariana Grande, love yourself. You don't need the fucking the ponytail, the extensions, all the couture fashion and all that shit. Love yourself. Show yourself makeupless. The beautiful, hardworking women at Starbucks, they're in there working their asses off. They're not all dolled up. 
I was comparing, I was celebrating the beautiful, hardworking in Starbucks to a pop star. Why am I the fucking bad guy? Who knows? Who the fuck knows? Who knows? I say the same thing about cockeyed Kelly and Conway. I have made the exact same joke about Tommy Loren and these fucking freaks. BuzzFeed, E! Online, all the people, all of this one, all the snowflakes. They celebrate and they retweet me when I'm talking about Tommy Loren and cockeyed Kellyanne Conway. When I went after Laura Ingram for her double Botox porcelain fucking face that can't move. Her face is like a piece of clay. When I shitted on Laura Ingram's looks, nobody said anything. I didn't even shit on Ariana Grande's looks. But when I shit on Melania... When I shit on Laura Ingram and I shit on Tommy Loren, nobody said, they retweet me. They do the emojis of the clapping hands. These motherfuckers are corny. Yo, none of this shit is premeditated. I am only here for one reason, to talk that good shit. One reason and one reason only, to talk that good shit, that beautiful, sweet, golden era good shit. I don't give a fuck about the Arianators. You could go in the motherfucking DMs all you want, all you clowns, and then you turn around and you try to age shame me and fat shame me. The same thing, you're going after Ariana Grande's looks. You're attacking a woman. Why are you bashing a woman? Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Then they turn around and come after me, the poor gringo mandingo. Bruh. These are women call me, bruh, bruh, aren't you like 50, bruh, you ain't that good looking, bruh, and I'm like, listen, boo, sugar tits, don't call me bruh, don't call me brother, you don't know me like that, because if I called you boo, if I called you sugar tits, then you're going to have something else to re respond about, don't call me brother, don't call me bruh. Don't call me bro. You don't know me like that, Duke. And when I say you don't know me like that, Duke, I'm talking to the ladies. Don't bro me. You know me? You a cop? I don't like that kind of familiarity from people I don't know. We're we not folks. We're not cool like that. Don't bro me. Then, of course, you got the snowflake guys who are like, dude, what kind of an asshole are you, dude? What a, what a trash bag human being you are, dude. Tell them also, my man, I don't know you, man. Fuck all that dude shit you're talking about. I don't know what the fuck you're saying, Duke. I don't know nothing about what you're saying, Duke. Just so happens, after my Ariana Grande tweet, I saw Kim Kardashian uh, put a picture of herself on Instagram uh, in a bathing suit or a bra and panties. I wasn't paying attention. And she said... And I quote, although I'm not quoting uh, correctly, because I don't fact check. She said something to the effect of, I need a spray tan immediately, or I need a spray tan uh, quickly, or I need a spray tan immediately. One of the three choices, and I know two of the three choices that I just gave you were the same. Now, I'm watching the game. It's a commercial break. I was watching the actually the Utah Jazz Golden State Warriors game, which the Utah Jazz, shout out to my guy Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz, Joe Ingles, the whole crew, love that team. 
my response to Kim Kardashian was, you hate yourself. Why you need a spray tan? Why don't you love yourself as is? And then people were coming after me, Noah Cyrus, or I think that's her name, Noah Cyrus. I don't even know the fuck that is. Is it Miley Cyrus's sister? No, Niley Cyrus? Whoever. Why are you saying this about her? Why are you attacking him? Yo, she hates herself. You look fantastic. Don't you? Aren't you worried about like, like getting like some sort of like toxic radiation with all the spray tans and the fake tans and the sunbeds? You look great. How fucking dark do you need to be, Kim Kardashian, till you accept yourself? And me saying this is not bashing women. I want you to love yourself, Kim Kardashian. I want you to love yourself, Ariana Grande. If I could walk around in a half an inch of foundation on my grill with false eyelashes and a motherfucking Matthew McConaughey wig or a Brad Pitt, a River Runs Through It wig and a fake dick and a fake ass and some Terry Crews muscles and some some glue-on tattoos looking like The Rock and all that flash and maybe some blue contact lenses, Paul Newman blue. I would look like a, yo, I would look fantastic. Get me a spray tan once a week. Get me a nice rubber dick. Have that shit peeking out the side of my, my, my skinny jeans. You see a nice like, oh, yo, my man right here, he, he's packing heat. I would do the whole kit. I can't do that. I look fucking nuts. And they would say, rap, you, you love yourself. You're a good-looking guy without all that. And I'd be like, are you bashing me? Why are you shaming me? This is what I need to do to feel, to feel loved, to feel beautiful. Give me my motherfucking Brad Pitt, a river runs through it wig. Okay, I want to rock that Monday through Wednesday, and on the weekend, I want Allen Iverson braids. This is what I need to do to feel good about myself. Kim Kardashian, you're obviously a beautiful woman. We don't know what kind of enhancements you've had or you haven't had but the end result is you look great what more do you need to do it's winter time why the fuck you need a suntan love yourself that's all i'm saying shit but if anybody out there could hook me up with a brad pitt a river run store week yo you know where to find me i am Rappaport podcast I may or may not mention that whole situation again during this episode. But next on the docket, uh, Travis Scott, who is on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, um, looking like my man Boo Shonda from the Pink Houses in Brownsville, uh, with a blonde wig uh, and a blonde ponytail. Or I don't know if it's a wig, maybe it's just a ponytail. Um, has agreed, I don't know if anybody saw that picture of Travis Scott, but he got a blonde ponytail. That shit is tight. Look, my man Bouchanda, he used to take a lot of shit in the 80s. Because uh, everyone was like, yo, who the fuck you think you are, Bouchanda? Why you got a blonde ponytail? He had a blonde ponytail in the 80s. That shit ain't new. Um, but people used to call him all kind of shit. And he could fight. I think he might have been gay. Uh, but he used to take a lot of shit from a lot of people. But he could he could throw hands. And uh, Travis Scott got a, a blonde ponytail. He's agreed to perform at halftime uh, of the Super Bowl with Maroon 5 
or separately uh, from Maroon 5, whatever, he's agreed to perform halftime of the Super Bowl, which I think officially ends all the people who are protesting huh, the Super Bowl or ha- Super Bowl halftime performance in uh, honor of Colin Kaepernick. That's not happening. See, these motherfuckers think you could... Listen, let me, let me, let me explain something to you, Okay. Uh, they've talked about having Outkast perform in Atlanta. They've talked about having Jermaine Dupree, who I think is producing the whole segment. I think there's a whole hip-hop, Atlanta hip-hop theme that's going to go down. These performers need to make money. They need to keep their careers going. If they get an opportunity to perform at the fucking Super Bowl during halftime, they're going to do it. All of them. And there's no shame in that shit. The fuck is the matter with you people? Now, personally, I cannot name one Travis Scott song, but I know he's enormously popular. I know he's got a song called Sicko Mode because I just keep hearing about it all the time. It's making me sick. Boom. You see how I did there? Did you see what I just did there? Um, Shout out to my guy, D'Angelo Russell, D-Russ, and the Brooklyn Nets who have won seven games straight. Seven games straight, quietly. Nobody's given them any love or any attention. Listen, I don't expect them to make the playoffs. Who knows? It could. They got a lot of young talent. It could change. The East is vulnerable. I'm not predicting they're making the playoffs, but they're going to get love from me. And some people are like, I thought you were a Knicks fan. What are you talking about, asshole? I thought now you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. You're a bandwagon fan. I... I First of all, fucko. I'm a basketball fan. Second of all, I'm a, I'm a New York sports fan. I got nothing against the Brooklyn Nets. I like the New Jersey Nets. Okay? Michael Ray Richardson. Daryl Dawkins played for them. Derek Coleman. Kenny Anderson. Pearl Washington played for the fucking New Jersey Nets. I want to see all the local teams do good. Uh, of course I want to see the Brooklyn Nets do good, and I want them to get their shine. They Seven-game winning streak. They beat the brakes off the Los Angeles Lakers in the best-ever NBA uniforms to be worn in an NBA game. Have you not seen the Brooklyn Nets Biggie Smalls-themed uniforms? They're dope. The embroidery is, is, is the coochie sweater, and the, and the elbow things, you know, like people wear the elbow sleeves, is all coochie sweatered out. And you know LeBron was like, yo, them shits are dope. Well, them shits were dope, and they beat the shit out of you. Get the fuck out of Brooklyn, Duke. Beat it. The fuck, get the fuck on the first thing smoking. Bron, Bron. Thank God they beat them when they came to Brooklyn in the Biggie Smalls uniforms. I know that the Brooklyn Nets are probably like, yo, we can't lose when we're wearing the Biggie Smalls uniforms. You, you, you can't be playing in Brooklyn rocking Biggie Smalls-inspired uniforms and lose. I, I guarantee you they thought about that. Like, yo, we, we're out here rocking biggie shit. We got to win this game. It doesn't matter who the fuck we're playing. So congratulations on seven-game winning streak as of the recording of this podcast. Keep going. Keep rocking. Shout out to my man D-Loading, D'Angelo Russell, who's on his way, I think, to make his first All-Star team. Hopefully he stays healthy. I think he will make his first ever All-Star team. Kid's good kid. I know him. Fuck with him. No Bruno. Chill with him. Good people. Want to see him shine. Now, we are coming to the end of the year. 
And we have the... Man, it's getting more and more challenging. Because on the docket, on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast docket, I'll count them. One, two, three, I have 20 right in front of me. 20 sick fucks of the week. They're all good. I'm having to sift through them. Right now, in front of me, I have 20 sick fucks of the week, which obviously I can't get to them. I can't get to all of them. Shout out to my man, Paul Wall. Um, Shout out to all the people that are sending in sick fucks. Of course, the sick fuck of the week, Whisperer, my guy, Mike Schaefer. And other people that are sending random sick fucks in. I have 20 sick fucks on the docket. There's no way I'm going to be able to get to them. Um, And we are coming to the end of the year where we must decide who is the sickest fuck of 2018. And rest assured, there will be no tie. Ladies and gentlemen, there will be no tie. One person, man or woman, one sick fuck will stand alone in 2018. In 2019, we are going to have categories. Florida... Animal fuckers and the rest. There'll be three categories. It'll be the rest, Florida, just any kind of sick fuck from Florida, and then people that sexually abuse and or assault animals. Because it's too much. It's too much. 2018 has been a crazy fucking year for sick fucks. Later on in this episode, I'm going to go through as many as I can. Okay? But they, they, it's just like people are making late, late pushes to try to get in that sick, that sweet 16 of sick fucks. <clears throat> now, this weekend, I don't ask for much in terms of uh, uh, the fans giving me specifically anything. But I, I am going to ask for something uh, this weekend. Um, and I need the most of it on Sunday. I am in two fantasy football finals. I, I, I try not to ask for much. I am here to give, give gold. I am in two fantasy football finals this weekend. The games start on Saturday. They play Sunday and then on Monday. Please, I am asking from the bottom of my heart, folks, ladies, gentlemen, people listening, old fans, new fans alike, on Saturday and Sunday and on Monday, please send me some good fantasy football vibes. I'm not saying pray. I'm not saying don't pray. Okay? So, again, I'm not saying uh, if you're a religious person or a spiritual person, I'm asking you to pray for me. But I'm also saying if you want to, I'll take it. Okay? You, you could read between the lines there. Um Yoga, meditation, Buddhist, Jewish, Catholic, Roman Catholic, whatever the fuck you're into. I don't care. I don't care. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'm not asking you to pray for anything other than the success of Rappaport's Delight, a.k.a. A History of Violence, a.k.a. That Thing's Big, a.k.a. Make It Stop, Make It Stop. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking you for, for anything else. And, and, and I just, I want to win both of these leagues, both of them. Okay, to refresh you, in the Howard Stern, the Stern Show Fantasy Football League, I am playing Mush Mouth J. 
D. Harmeyer. They are calling it the mush mouth versus the motor mouth. I want to bury this cocksucker. Once and for all, I want to bury this motherfucker drooling. He drools. He wears glasses and he sweats on his glasses. He fogs up his own glasses with his own body sweat and his body heat. Okay? I don't care that he's a nice guy. I could give a... I'm a nice guy. Well, why doesn't that factor into the fact that uh, I'm a nice guy? Okay? Guy's a fucking nutcase. I want to bury his ass. Period. In his fucking glasses with the drool still drooling. In my other league, I'm playing some no-name fuck. Okay? Joe Button, gone. CC Sabathia, bye-bye. Ja Rule, see you later. See you fucking later. Okay? Two games, two championships, two chips, two rings. You know what this means. You know what this means for me. I don't want to get upset. I don't want to get emotional. You know what this means to me. To I'm, I'm right there. I'm on the fucking precipice of greatness. I can't lose two championships. I need to win both. No, one doesn't mean more than the other. I need to win both. Please. Send me anything you got. Anything you got. Pray for me. I'm sorry, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say pray for me. I didn't say that. But I didn't say don't pray for me. I am Rappaport Podcast. The great, and that term, the great, uh, is thrown around a lot. But Penny Marshall, uh, director of A League of Their Own, director of Big, actress, from Happy Days, The Odd Couple, and of course, Laverne and Shirley, sister of Gary Marshall, director of Pretty Woman, um, who also passed away, and other things, Flamingo Kid, Gary Marshall directed, very talented, uh, the two of them. Uh, she passed away, Penny Marshall uh, passed away at 75 years old. Um, she's been getting a lot of love and tributes on social media, as she should, I first, you know, became a fan of hers watching TV, uh, Happy Days, The Odd Couple, and of course, Laverne and Shirley. Uh, that was the lineup when I was a kid, uh, Happy Days, and then it would be Laverne and Shirley. Um, I can't remember what time. It was either 8 and 8.30 or 9 and 9.30. And then, of course, she started directing films. Biggest hit being, I guess, the League of, A League of Their Own. I don't know which one was bigger. Big was huge with Tom Hanks. She did Awakenings with Robin Williams and Robert De Niro and a bunch of other films. I met her. I met Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall is the first legitimate person to give me. He didn't give me a break, uh, but he gave me acknowledgement. Uh, the, the first time, the very first time. I ever did stand-up comedy in Los Angeles, California. I did five minutes, five minutes of stand-up comedy in, uh, in, in L.A., and this was probably 1991, 1990. I'm not Mr. Date Guy, and you know we don't fact-check. But Gary Marshall uh, was at the Improv in Hollywood, where I've started doing stand-up again. Um, I was 21, if it was uh, 1991. I might have been 20. It might have been 1990, uh, 1990. 
fuck, you know what? It's actually 1989. It was the summer of 1989. I'm bugging. I was 19. So the summer of 1989, the very first time I did stand-up comedy on a Sunday night, uh, which I don't know if Sunday nights are still popping for stand-up, but in the summertime, it probably is. In the summertime of 1989, I was doing stand-up comedy, and Gary Marshall was there director of Pretty Woman, huge fucking hit at the time, director of The Flamingo Kid with uh, Stickman Extraordinaire, Matt Dillon, low-key stealth Coxman. Yo, Matty D uh, put it down. He put it down in the 80s and the 90s. I mean, he he, he put it down in the, in the fuck world. He's still single. But his 18th birthday was at Studio 54. He, he was late. He was a fucking star sex symbol. He was that dude. I saw him go to work when we were doing the movie Beautiful Girls. He would knock down everything in his path. Let me stay focused. But Gary Marshall and his assistant saw me do stand-up comedy. Um, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I had done stand-up comedy about five times, literally did five minutes, and I was... You know, I had a good personality. I didn't have a bit. I didn't have an act. I just talked shit. I mean, literally. Imagine me at 19 years old. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but I had a lot of attitude, and I wasn't scared, which is uh, rule number one when you're uh, doing anything in the arts. You cannot be scared, and if you are scared, you have to be like Mike Tyson uh, coming into the ring during his prime, and you have to control your fucking fear, and when uh, it comes to stand-up comedy, controlling your fear means talk shit. Or die trying. So um, afterwards, the show, this this girl, uh, his assistant, uh, came over to me and she's like, you know, I'm working with Gary Marshall. He was just here. He would love to meet you. And I'm like, Gary Marshall? Oh, shit, yeah. And so, you know, a couple of days later, I went to the Universal Studios lot, which was a big, you know, I went uh, a few years before that, before I was even thinking about doing stand-up, I went to the Universal Studios lot for the tour. You know, they have those tours. Now I had like a drive-on pass. I went there. I met Gary Marshall. Um, you know, he was doing a play reading for this play he was doing, which I can't remember the name of it. You know, he said, you know, you're talented. I was like, talented? I don't even know what I'm doing. Anyway, it, it made me feel like, you know, I, I was on to something with stand-up comedy. Uh, years later, I met Penny, and she was the same way. They're both New Yorkers from the Bronx. Penny Marshall was a New Yorker from the Bronx. She made you feel like she knew her. Now, to me, it's Laverne from Laverne and Shirley. It's the funny girl from Happy Days. It's uh, Oscar Madison's uh, assistant from uh, The Odd Couple. I'm tripping. She directed big. Couldn't be nicer. Couldn't be more welcoming. Couldn't be more regular like a New York woman. Funny. How you doing? Where are you from? You know, She had that kind of laid back you know, sort of New York, real New York drawl, and she said, oh, I'm doing this and doing that. What are you up to? You should do this and that. And I, I first um, did business with Penny. I auditioned for this film called The Renaissance Man, which was an okay movie. It was a really good script, but it was like 1993. I think that movie came out. Again, I'm not, I am really not uh, Mr. Um, date guy but i think that movie came out in 1994 the auditions were probably in 1993 but it was a young cast and we all auditioned my man lilo broncado got the film who was the star of uh, bronx tale 
Uh, Kadeem Hardison was in it. Mark Wahlberg, I believe. Yeah, he was in it. Mark Wahlberg was in it. But all the young actors from that time, all of us, we all auditioned for that movie. I think Don Cheadle was at the auditions. It's the first time I met Wahlberg. He was cool as fuck. He was like the bad boy of Hollywood at that time. He had just gotten into a fight. I remember at a Madonna party. It was all over the news the day after I met him. I think he had gotten arrested. I was like, well, fuck, yeah, how are you at this audition? Anyway, we auditioned for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. My man Khalil Khan, who was in Juice, uh, the kid from Juice who, who wound up getting killed. I think he was the first person. Tupac Bishop kills in Juice. It was cool. It was a really cool time. I didn't get the part. We were all sort of... The audition process for a film like that was... You know, you'd read for one part. Then you'd read for another part. Then they'd mix and match. And they'd have you improv and all that shit. Anyway, I didn't get the movie. It was a cool process, though. Um, I met Lilo. I met Wahlberg. It, it was cool. I was disappointed that I didn't get it. Uh, but Penny was nice to everybody. You know, she called me and said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have you in this, you know, and if we're going to work on something else. She would do that. She would call you and you're, you know, she was sweet and she was, she made me, you know, we're going to find something else. I want to work with you. I think you're great. And you like, fuck. All right, cool. You know, Penny Marshall, she thinks I'm great. You know, it, it meant a lot and she didn't need to call you. She didn't need to be nice. You know, we wanted the job, but she did do that. And she had a reputation for doing that. She had a reputation for going above and beyond and, and, and being friendly to, uh, to actors and people. Um, and I, I remember I auditioned for her again for this movie that was an okay movie called Riding in Cars with Boys, which I don't think that was the original title. Um, I auditioned for her a bunch of times. James L. Brooks, one of the creators of, of course, The Simpsons, and he, he's a direct, he directed all kinds of shit, James L. Brooks. James L. Brooks wrote broadcast news. He directed as good as it gets. Uh, no, he he directed it. Maybe he wrote it too. But he directed terms. He wrote terms of endearment. He's a fucking. He's a beast. He created The Simpsons. He he's a fucking beast. But James L. Brooks was producing it. Penny was directing it, and um, I would go up to her house and I would audition with different actresses. I I, I mean, all of them were there. I auditioned with, I remember I auditioned with Drew Barrymore, um, I, uh, she who wound up doing the movie. Um, it, it was all sorts of people. And I would just go up there and read with Penny. We would read scenes together. She would ask me, what do you think of this scene? They would change the words. The late uh, Brittany Murphy, I remember I auditioned with her, actress. Um, I wound up not getting that movie either. Fuck. But the thing about Penny and working with her, she would call you and be like, listen, I'm going to go with someone else. You did a great job. It's not you, you know. It, it's just, you know, casting and all, la, la, la. We're going to work on something. Let's go to a Laker game. She took me to Laker games. She was a huge basketball. Actually, took me to a Clipper game. Um, she was a huge basketball fan. Had season tickets to the Clippers before the Clippers were even worth even going to see. Before the Lamar Odom, Quentin Richardson Clippers. She always, her and Billy Crystal were like the Clippers fans. And, you know, she had a cool house. Um, she had a sick uh, sports memorabilia collection. I remember she showed me her room. She had all sorts of shit, like, you know, a bat signed by Ted Williams and old New York Yankee jerseys. I mean, I'm not talking about from the 70s. I'm going back to the 50s. And she also had a beautiful, dope art collection. Um, anyway, 
she was always cool with me, always nice, friendly to everybody, uh, warm to everybody, and and had this quality to to make me, to make you, to make me as a young actor feel like I was special and 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 to feel like I could do something in this business when she didn't have to. Uh, you know, you go into audition, 99.9% of the times you either get the part or you never hear from them again. And she would always, with me and, and other people, and I think that's why so many actors that she didn't even work with, and I never actually officially worked with her, uh, but those work sessions that I had on The Renaissance Man and riding in cars with boys, they meant a lot to me uh, to be working with someone that was so uh, uh, accomplished and so iconic. And I was such a fan of to have those work sessions uh, meant a lot. And it gives you confidence to, to, to go forward and to kick ass. Uh, so she's, she's going she's gonna to be missed. Uh, she's from a time uh, that doesn't exist. She's a Bronx girl. Uh, she's from a time in New York that doesn't exist anymore. And she's from a time in show business that doesn't exist anymore. So uh, all the all the shout outs that you're seeing from people that saying she was a friend and that she was good and she was this, that, the other. I could say from my experience, uh, I, I co-sign it to the fullest and uh, the late, great Penny Marshall will be missed. Miles, let me get some nice music here. Dick Stain Donald Trump, his fans, his followers, his uh, minions, these people are so, so adamant on one way or another, building a fucking wall, which, I, I, whatever, okay? Dick Stain Donald Trump's like, if I build that wall, I'll definitely get reelected 2020. I don't know. I have no fucking idea. Uh, but uh, by everything that I know, and I don't know much, but by everything that I know, uh, you ain't getting the wall, Duke. The government ain't building you the wall. Mexico ain't building you the wall. You ain't getting the wall, Duke. I'll say it again. You ain't getting the wall, Duke. So some sick fucks, uh, I believe it's a, a guy who uh, was a triple amputee. God God help this guy. An Air Force veteran and triple amputee set up a GoFundMe to finance the building of the wall themselves. This has got to be some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard of in my fucking life. Actually, since I started the podcast... And I am breaking rule number one of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast about 40 minutes later. No bullshit. They have raised $6.8 million motherfucking dollars. And by the time you hear this podcast, it'll probably be even more than that. So at 6.8, let's round it off to seven fucking million dollars. These fucking lunatics have gave for a GoFundMe to build the wall. First of all, you dumb fucks. This isn't an art project. You're not financing a record. You're not financing a movie. You could give 17 billion fucking dollars in dumb fuck money. If the government doesn't allow the wall, it doesn't allow the wall. You could have 
money to build fucking whatever you want. But the fact that they raised $6.8 million, let's call it seven, that quickly is, is really crazy. It's fucking nuts. It just goes to show like all these people, these hardworking people, all these people who are out there struggling, there's no jobs, there's no gist, there's, they're, they're all, they're having problems, there's no jobs. Make America great again. America's pretty fucking great if you could raise $6.8 fucking million for a wall that's never going to be built. You dumb motherfucker, you. I was going to do a full ILO, but I, I, I'm going to ruin my voice. Shred it. Can't shred it. Can't shred it. Won't shred it. All right. You know what time it is. You hear the music. That is the sick fuck of the week theme song. The sick fuck of the week is, of course, an award that is earned, not given. It is an award that is earned, but not given. It doesn't just go out to any and every sick fuck. Oh, no. It goes out to a certain kind of sick fuck with a certain kind of, uh, what did the French say? Oh, yeah. A je ne sais quoi. Now, as I told you earlier, I have 20 of them. I, I don't think I could get to all of them. I, I Honestly, I have more than 20. The sick fuck whisperer, my guy Mike Schaefer, I, no bullshit, I probably have 50 of them. Okay, but I, on the docket right in front of me, I have 20 sick fucks right in front of me. But what I'm saying is I have an additional 50 that I haven't even gotten to. That might just have to be overflows into 2019. I, we can only do so many sick fucks. Unless we do the Sick Fuck of the Week podcast. Could be a subset. Who wants it? Could be a good thing. Um, a college athlete has been disowned by her parents. This young girl, Emily Sheck, uh, came out as gay and her sick fucking parents have disowned her uh they are from rochester new york which apparently and i don't know from firsthand experience but apparently rochester new york has a real shithole quality to it um but this young lady uh came out as gay and her parents disowned her the parents are the sick fucks a gofundme was set up for this young girl who's a college athlete, um, they only raised $50,000. Now listen, it, it, it's not up to people. She goes to Kinesis College. She's a cross-country runner. It's not up to people to take care of this young lady, but it just goes to show she raised fit. She's been disowned by her parents. Beautiful young girl. Did nothing wrong. Um, she was only raised $50,000, uh, but there's $7 million for a wall that's never going to be built. The parents, congratulations, uh, the, the Sheck parents, you sick fucks, you, both you, mom and dad, are the sick fucks of the week leading off this segment. A Tucson, Arizona sick fuck who looks like a sick fuck. His name is David Bohart. David Bohart was released from prison. And on the same day that he was released from prison, this animal this sick fuck kills his girlfriend now you're never getting out you fucking dog you animal 
23 hours a day lockdown. You're never going to have the contact of another person, man or woman, 23 hours a day. Electrocute this motherfucker. Get rid of him. This is... We, we can't zero in for this to be one person because there's a whole bunch of sick fucks. This happened a couple of days ago in New York City. Um, an 11-year-old kid, an 11-year-old kid who um, has come out as a transsexual. It is a boy who likes to dress in drag. Went to a LGBTQ bar. It's described as queer-owned and operated. Calls himself Brooklyn's premier queer bar and performance venue. An 11-year-old boy who dresses in drag and performs. Went on stage at the bar called the $3 Bill in Brooklyn. Singing and dressed as Gwen Stefani. Okay, how the fuck an 11-year-old is in a bar, man, woman, boy or girl? I have no fucking clue. I have no clue how the fucking 11-year-old is in a bar performing. Okay? First sick fucks here are the parents. Your son wants to perform in drag? God bless that kid. The fact that you let your son perform in front of adults in a bar, you're a sick fuck. While this young boy, dressed up as Gwen Stefani, was performing, adult patrons were tossing $1 bills at this boy as if he were a male stripper. This is not made up. This is not, this is, I got people calling me all sorts of shit. USA Today, Us Weekly, this, that. I got people, and, and on the same day, there's an 11-year-old in a gay bar in Brooklyn, prancing around like Gwen Stefani, getting dollar bills thrown at him by adults. And I'm the fucking bad guy here. The pe- this bar should be shut down for letting in an 11-year-old, okay? The owner should be, sh- they should, they should be, they, they, the whole place should be shut down and the parents, the parents should be looked at by the fucking authorities. I, again, I, I, I couldn't zero in on one sick fuck here because there's a number of adult sick fucks. And if you're throwing dollar bills at an 11-year-old boy dressed up as Gwen Stefani in a bar in the evening, then you're a sick fuck too. Next on the docket, uh, Florida. You know, I can't do 20 fucking sick fucks without having, you know, one from Florida. It's just mathematically, it's just impossible. Um... A man known as Santa Claus in Panama City, Florida, was arrested uh, for breaking into a neighbor's home, leaving her notes and leaving her panties, underwear, that he wanted to see her wear. When they caught the man, who again is known as Santa Claus, uh, who looks like a sick fuck, his name is uh, Acitro Sanchez, He's got a only thing that makes him look like Santa Claus is the fact he's got a beard. His eyes are disturbing. Uh, when they caught this sick fuck, he had, this is real, 90 pounds of underwear in his car. 90 pounds of women's panties in his car. Lock him up. I don't know what the charges are. I don't know what you do with somebody like that, but you got a toe tag, this motherfucker. 
in Worcester, Mass. Worcester. In Worcester, Massachusetts, a 29-year-old sick fuck, a woman named Ashley Mace. Now, I know we have a lot of fans up there. Does anybody know Ashley Mace from Worcester? Not surprising. Ashley Mace looks like a sick fuck. She looks like she's probably doing a little bath salts and, uh, from the looks of things, some of those gray skies. Um, they arrested this animal, probably a junkie, uh, but they arrested her on animal cruelty charges. She uh, tried to drown her dog. She didn't like the dog. She didn't want the dog anymore. She tried to drown her dog. Enough said. You're a sick fuck. I give her 15 months in prison for that. If it's up to me, I give you 15 fucking months. This isn't so much a sick fuck thing. This is just a lack of empathy from Sesame Street. Um, Sesame Street will have one of its Muppets, one of the characters on the Sesame Street, which is now on HBO, I believe, will experience homelessness to teach kids compassion and empathy. I think that's great. I think that's fantastic. Uh, But what about my motherfucking man, Oscar the Grouch? This motherfucker's been living in a garbage can for 40 plus years. Nobody did shit about it. You go over there, you antagonize him, you tease him, you berate him. Nobody moved him out of the motherfucking garbage can for 40 plus years. It's nice that you're introducing a new character. It's nice that Sesame Street is continuing to keep teaching lessons to the youth. But what about my motherfucking man, Oscar the Grouch? Can he get a crib? A one-bedroom apartment, a studio, something? Get him a tent? Something. Sleeping bag? Motherfucker's been living in a garbage can for 40-plus years. Do the right thing. Uh, This was sent directly from our sick fuck of the week whisperer, um, a guy named Kasim Kurham. Kasim Kurham, who I think has teardrop tattoos, two or three teardrop tattoos. I don't think they are birthmarks. This 23-year-old sick fuck from Birmingham, Alabama, or Walsall Road, Birmingham, Alabama, I don't know, somewhere down there in Birmingham. Uh, This guy definitely needs to be put in contention for a sick fuck of the year. This animal uh, broke into a funeral home. Okay, sick already. Um, Then he went through different corpses, went through and looked through multiple coffins to find the one he wanted to sexually penetrate. I'm sorry, I am actually reading it from the actual report. He had a certain type. He had a certain type. He went through multiple coffins. The whole thing was caught on surveillance video. To find the one he want, then he sexually assaulted a dead body. What do you do with somebody like this? This is cuckoo nest shit. This is one flow of the cuckoo's nest shit. Where do you put a person like this? Imagine you're in jail. Imagine you're in prison, okay? And you get a cellmate. And you, you start to talk and you say, hey, yo, Cassini, yo, what are you in here for, Duke? And, and he tells you that. Even if you're a sick fuck, this guy's a sicker, sick fuck than you. 
How do you deal with that? How do you process that? I don't know. I don't know. And uh, finally, uh, uh, an infamous Italian veterinarian slash hunter who we talked about, um, who who posts pictures uh, last year of himself killing lions. Uh, He's a game hunter. He kills lions. He kills deers. He's killed leopards. He's killed all sorts of wild animals. Uh, Sorry, asshole. Luciano Pancetto. Luciano Pancento, he's uh, kills all sorts of animals. He thinks this is uh, what you should do with your time. He's a veterinarian also. He received backlash when he posted pictures of him with a tiger last year. Again, this is so twisted that he's a veterinarian. Well, this asshole was out hunting birds a couple of days ago. Yeah, This prick slipped and fell into a nearby ravine. Uh, you know what I say to uh, Luciano Pancetto? Arrivederci. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Sky and Rapport Stereo Podcast. What more can I say? What more can I say? To quote the great Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z. You know where to find us. Okay. Tuesday, the 25th. Tuesday, the 25th of December. Christmas Day. I will be on the Hoffer app giving away at least $1,000 in cash prizes. Folks, I'm not giving away a bar of soap. I'm not giving away bags of potato chips. When I say I am giving away 1000 bucks in cash prizes, the Lakers are playing the Golden State Warriors. You know who I'm rooting for, but this has nothing to do with that. The Hoffer app, I'll be there. I got cash fucking prizes. I would be so happy. For an I Am Rapport Stereo podcast listener to win, it's based on your predictions on the game. You can download the app, H-O-F-R. I will be on there live. I'm giving shout-outs and all that. And you can win up to $1,000 in cash prizes for your predictions on the Golden State Warriors-Lakers game. Our next episode will be on Monday. We're coming back Monday, Christmas Eve. Okay, we're not dropping it on Christmas. We come back Monday, Christmas Eve. Maybe we not. I don't fucking know. But as of now, Christmas Eve, not Christmas. Uh, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Um, what can I say? Uh, Miles Jordan, please take us out of here with something real nice, uh, something real proper.